We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. So now the Knicks can just dribble it out and will defeat the Lakers 111-96 to for their third win in a row. And now they're back over 500 at 28 and 27. Julius Randle against his former team showed that it did indeed matter. He had 34 and Tom Thibodeau and Frank Vogel. Good friends, respect each other. And look at the crowd, Mike. People on their feet cheering, really appreciating the effort that the Knicks gave tonight. Oof. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Don Cappuccini wasting no time in the super chat here. L for the Supermax, uh, LMAO. Um, here's how I'm going to start off this one. Um, I'm going to I'm actually, I'll tell a quick little story. So, Knicks win 111 to 96. I end up winning this one by 15. This did not look like it was going to be one that, um, was, was going to be won easily. And I would not say this was an easy win. And, um, by the way, the Lakers, for anybody who's like, oh, they don't have uh, Anthony Davis, they don't have LeBron James, this should have been an easy win. It's not a good sign that it was it was close. Lakers, since a, uh, LeBron James went down, have been they're five and seven. Now they're five, they were five and seven. Now they're five and eight. But they had a net rating coming into tonight in the last twelve games um, that was just below one. It was like point negative point zero five. So you know, and you could see tonight they're well coached. They still have some talent. Um, are they a good team without these two stars? No, obviously not. But they're a respectable team. They're very respectable. They just beat the Nets the other night. So I don't want anybody thinking that this was like not a valid win or not an important win, especially when, and this is the story I'll tell, I was texting back and forth with my buddy Bernard um, of uh, KFS and uh, Final Score Podcast fame, um, and he was like, this is a must-win game tonight. 
And I kind of pushed back. And we were talking about it in the halftime. I was talking about Colin, uh, Colin Loring on the halftime um, Zoom saying, I didn't think it was a must win because they this is their third game in four nights. The season seemed felt like it was on the brink going into that Memphis game with whatever it was, five losses in six games, right? Um, I thought they needed to win two of these three games if they wanted to stick around in the playoff chase. Um, I thought the Memphis game was absolutely massive for them to get. And I thought having the 18-point lead into or against Toronto two nights – or last night, excuse me. It feels like two nights ago. You couldn't lose that game. This game, to me, I almost came into tonight feeling like <laughs> – Bernard doesn't know anything. Very funny, Chris. I almost felt like not quite gravy, but I felt like this. In terms of them, like, sticking around and, like, being, you know, in the race to get a decent spot in the play-in game, whether it be nine, eight, seven, whatever – I didn't think tonight was a must win. But if you want to come out and call yourself a team that is going to be in the running for a top six seed, and I think the the Knicks would like to think of themselves as a team in the running for a top six seed, I do think you needed to come out and win tonight. And I think, you know, taking it back to before the Memphis game, um, like for them to come out, after the stretch that they had been on, when again the sky was falling, right? We were all no, well, maybe not sky was falling, but like we were all starting to prepare ourselves. I even wrote it over the weekend, like uh, it's been a good season, but the schedule is getting tougher, and they're kind of showing who they are. They just tossed all that away. They tossed all of it away, and they came out and they took care of business in these three games. They won tough games. Um, they they were good in the clutch in each of these games, which is crazy to say, but they were. Um, I'll actually have some stats in tomorrow's newsletter about how good of a clutch team they've been. It's it's a lot better than you think. Um, just a phenomenal win. Just a phenomenal win by them. A phenomenal three-game homestand. Um, with, and look, here we are. Here we are. We are less than a quarter of the season to go. This The quarter season, three-quarter season mark was after the Toronto game. Now We're now one game into the final quarter, and they're a game over five hundred. Um, Stevens Guillaume, I hope the Knicks fans, um, Knicks fan Drummond supporters watch this game, got outplayed by both Taj and Noel. I was going to save the Drummond stuff um, because there's a lot to talk about with the Knicks tonight, but fuck it. I'll talk about it right now. And Jason M, shout out to Jason M in the super chat. Knicks win, Mavs lose, got to love it. Yes, anytime the Mavs lose. Um, too bad uh, Porzingis couldn't play this one against Embiid. How do you like them apples? Um, such a shame. Such a shame. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, look, if you want to know what Andre Drummond is, just go back and watch the first three minutes of this game. He is an immensely talented player. He is a a physical marvel. He can be a rebounding machine when he wants to be. He can be really good on defense when he wants to be and when he wants to be and when he wants to be and when he wants to be. And when he doesn't want to be and when he feels like getting fancy with the ball and putting up inefficient shots and this and that and the other thing and not really committing, like, this is the version of Andre Drummond that you're going to get. It is not – it is absolutely not a player the Knicks needed. And to everybody who's like, oh, but he's so talented, Tibbs could have reined him in. Why do you need to take that chance? And this will get me into the player that I want to talk about first tonight. I'm going to save Randall. We're going to talk about Randall. We're going to spend a a couple minutes on Randall. But Randall's been doing this all year, right? Taj Gibson, and, and and this is not to this is not to throw shade at Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel had a wonderful game, 
fantastic game from Erlen Noel. He ended up with, I don't know, I'm assuming he had his customary four blocks or however many blocks. Um, ended up with five offensive rebounds, nine in total, four steals, two blocks, right? Taj Gibson <laughs> is 35 years old. So it, I snuck in a quick, a quick, um, Oh wow! Shout out, a quick interruption. Dale, Dale, Dan Alson, that Earl the Pearl joined Nick's Twitter today. Go New York! That is a big, big step forward for for mankind. Uh, Earl the Pearl Monroe on Twitter. I looked up how many thirty five year olds in the history of the league have ever had a game like Taj Gibson had tonight, where they got at least six offensive rebounds, two steals. And three blocks at the age of 35 or older. Here are the play. Here, the last person to do it, Tim Duncan in 2014. Hasn't been done in seven years. Here are the only players to do this. Tim Duncan, Marcus Camby, Ben Wallace, Dale Davis, David Robinson, Dikembe Mutombo, Kevin Willis, Robert Parrish, Charles Jones, Moses Malone. That's it. Ten guys. Ten guys in the history of the league at 35 or older have put up the specific stat line that Todd Gibson did tonight. And I just got to shout him out because, man, he doesn't win you games necessarily all the time, but he sure as shit doesn't ever lose you a game. He will never lose you a game. And that is, you know, there. pick your pick your Nick. Pick your Knicks player. Randall, RJ, quickly, um, you know, Noel, I, go down the line. There have been nights where they don't have it going. And, um, <laughs> yes, I am the king of obscure facts. There have been nights when any of those guys don't have it going and they don't necessarily help the cause. Taj never hurts the cause. He is always helpful. Um, so, you know, and, and, and look, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and be like Mitchell Robinson's expendable or, or that they shouldn't try to make him a long-term, long-term piece. As Adam asks in the super chat, I'm the GM. What's my plan for center in 2022? Um, here's the thing. And, and I'm, I've said this on podcast. So if you've heard that before, if you've heard this before, I apologize. They now have the luxury to go into this summer and they have the upper hand in negotiating with Mitchell Robinson, who's going to be coming off a really tough foot injury. Um, you know, and has been really good, was really good this season, but plays a position that is, you could find guys like, like Taj Gibson and like Nolan's Noel to play that position, you know, admirably where you could actually turn, you know, an Andre Drummond, you don't even want him. Um, you go to Mitch and you say, here's our contract offer, you know, four years, 30 million, three or three years, 25, 26 million, something low, a low number, you know, give him the Thomas Bryant contract. That's the one I keep going to three for 25, make it declining, offer him that if he doesn't want it and he wants to test unrestricted free agency a year from now, so be it. Maybe you could negotiate a little bit, but like that is a position the Knicks do not need to worry about because they have the luxury of these two guys. And Taj Gibson does not look like a guy who's ready to retire anytime soon. And, and shout out to Noel too. He had a really good game. Give Taj a lifetime contract. Overrated. Disagree with that comment. And, and um, uh, Ray S says, can't lose Mitch. It's not about losing Mitch. It's about making sure you're keeping Mitch on terms that are beneficial for your team. 
because I think the worst thing you could do in the NBA today, and I love Mitchell Robinson. If anybody's been following me for a while, watching me for a while, you know I love Mitchell Robinson. Worst thing you do in the NBA today is overpay for a center who is not like a, an offensive hub or is not Rudy Gobert on defense. And I love Mitch. So um, anyway, let's talk about Julius Randle. Um, because Julius Randle tonight, you know, had an, uh, an uncharacteristic game for him in that he was a bit of a ball hog, right? Um, he only had four assists. He had seven turnovers. Um, we're going to talk about Alfred Payton. Don't worry. Um, I, I see some people bringing him up in the chat. Um, uh, so, you know, not the customary game that Randall has had all year. Breen even commented on it on the broadcast, but two things. One, I'm going to give him a pass for kind of being a little bit of a ball hog. Um, a, a quick interruption, Stevens Guillaume pointing out, like, what's the contract Jared Allen's going to get? Like, that's going to hamstring a team. Like, you don't want to overpay a center who's, who's like, you know, whatever, 10th, 12th, 15th best center in the league. It's, it's bad, 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 uh, bad business. Okay, back to uh, Randall. I'll give him a pass tonight. He was playing his old team. It's personal for him. Um, if he wanted to put up a few extra shots tonight, He's earned that right. When you're an all-star and you're playing the team that gave up on you for nothing, and let me repeat that, for nothing, they had his restricted free agency rights, and they just say goodbye. And for anybody who's like, oh, wait, no, that was the summer they got LeBron. Yeah, they got LeBron that summer, and they had oodles of cap space to spend. They did not need to get rid of Julius Randle's cap hold, as large as it was, to go sign fucking Lance Stevenson and um, I forget who else the hell they signed. JaVal McGee. I mean, it's like just a silly move by the Lakers. Obviously, they won the championship, so who the hell cares? But you want to talk about a guy who has a reason to have a personal vendetta against the team that drafted him. I think it's Julius Randle. Um, second thing I want to say about uh, Randle is this was the third game in four nights, you know, and this was the third game in four nights in which they, the Knicks, had to expend every ounce of energy to win that game yesterday and for them to come out um tonight and like the, the yes they played really hard on defense all night long but on offense i mean it was a struggle and you could tell when it got to that fourth quarter um it was just like it got to like the seven minute mark and then it was like the five and you could just tell it's like, oh, my God, can this team just go away? And credit to the Lakers. They're well coached. They keep coming at you. Um, but the Knicks were just like, just let us go in the fucking locker room with this win. Um, I think Randall knew that they were dragging and I think Randall knew that this was going to be a tough night on offense playing, by the way, the best defense in the league and their defense hasn't skipped a beat since LeBron and Anthony Davis went down. I mean, a little bit, but not really. Um, so for him to come out and for him to put up however many points he put up in the first quarter, set the tone, take all those shots, make all those shots. That's what your all-star is supposed to do. And Julius Randall did it and kudos to him. And, um, just absolutely everything the Knicks could have needed um, this season and more. A couple more comments in the Super Chat. Tim Kim. Wow, thank God the Knicks didn't go for Drummond. Do you think that the five-minute Lakers drought in the third quarter was the best defense the Knicks have played? Um, you stole my thunder for tomorrow's newsletter. Um, I'm going to uh, point to that as the turning point of the game. Um, I don't know if it's the best defense they've played this season because they were playing that defense against a limited offensive team. And I do think that they have had some stretches of defense this season against some pretty good offensive teams. 
But in terms of just kind of crossing your T's and dotting your I's on the defensive end and, and giving no quarter and, and being aggressive and smartly aggressive, um, yeah, it was as good a defense as, as they've played, for sure. Absolutely. I think that's a great comment. Uh, Jason M. in the Super Chat. Shout out to you, Jason. Magic said it was a mistake letting Randall walk. Yeah, it was a mistake. It was poor. It, you know, the Lakers got all giddy over LeBron coming, and they completely, uh, you know, lost their lost their bowels. Um, a couple other comments in the Super Chat. Super Chat's active tonight. Thank you, guys. You guys know how much this means to us here at Knicks Film School. Um, do you think Randall would have been a good facilitator if the Knicks signed Hayward or Van Fleet? Here's the great part about Randall, right? is just because you have another guy on the floor who might have the ball in his hands more, I don't think that diminishes the value of Randall. And if anything, I think it makes him a better facilitator because I think he has another option, another guy on the floor that he feels like, if I pass it to this guy, this dude can make something happen. So I think, and and with the shooting piece coming along with Julius, obviously, this season, and I do think the shooting is real, I think he – what did he end up going uh, tonight? He was two for six from three tonight. But, like, we're talking about this, like, terrible Julius Randle shooting regression. He's still hitting 31 32% of his shots over the last uh, 10, 10, 11 games now. Like, if that's a regression, and, again, it's a small sample size. On the year, he's still, you know, a 40% shooter. I think he's going to thrive if you put another playmaker around him. Um, and, and if RJ pro, uh, progresses as a playmaker as well. ABZ718, shout out to the 718. Hey, John, who'd you rather pay this summer as a young 3 and D wing, Taylor Horton Tucker or Gary Trent Jr.? Um, that's a fantastic question because Gary Trent Jr., you know, again, wonderful game last night. Wonderful game. He is a knockdown shooter. He's the type of guy that's going to be able to bend a defense anytime you put him out there. He could put the ball on the floor a little bit, which is why that dude's going to command a, a – $80 million, four-year, $80 million, you know, five-year, $90 million contract. I don't want to pay that. Gary, uh, G- Taylor Horton Tucker, I think will get paid less. That said, the Lakers are not going to let him get away. Because if the Lakers for a second thought that they were not going to met- match any offer on t- Taylor Horton Tucker right now, Taylor Horton Tucker would be playing in Toronto and Kyle Lowry would be playing um, for the Lakers. So the fact that they did not trade Taylor Horton Tucker at the deadline says to me that he's not going anywhere. And they probably already have an idea of a number that they could sign him at. That's going to be, you know, a fair ish number. Um, good question though. I like that one. Um, do, do, do my man, Michael Aaron. How you doing, Michael? Um, always a pleasure to see you in the super chat and, and here in general, it's promising that we could still pull out a win with RJ having an off night. He was a plus 18 though. Also, I'll buy my Taj jersey if you do. Again, I've said it. I haven't bought a, jer- a Knicks jersey with my own money in decades. Um, I might have to get a Taj Gibson jersey, especially since I'm going to the game um, on Tuesday. So need something to wear. Um, yeah, you know, and, and you know, look, give credit to RJ for this. And I'll speak briefly about RJ, and then we're going to um, talk about uh, Peyton and a couple of the guys. And then, oops, there goes my light. Um, and then I'll uh, – uh, take some more questions. Um, RJ last year had a lot of bad games, right? He had a lot of bad games and he forced it. And it was, they were bad games in a way that what he was doing, or I guess more accurately, what he was not doing 
was like actively hurting the team. Um, and you know, that's maybe a bit of an overstatement. He was, he was young, still learning the NBA game, but like, we remember those forcing it RJ games from last year. And it just was like, man, they'd be better if he wasn't out there right now. Tonight, he wasn't hitting a shot, but he was still making every correct pass in the book. He made a bunch of nice passes tonight. He ended up with, let's see how many assists he ended up with. He ended up with only three assists, but he made a couple other nice passes that didn't wind up in assists. And like the shots he took tonight, they were all great shots. You were comfortable with all those shots. You don't feel like R.J. Barrett ever once forced it throughout the night. All part of the maturation process for the kid. Um, so good comment there. Harry Donut, thank you, as always, for your contribution. Um, what tattoo? Manny Ortiz is asking about my tattoo on my arm. All right. Um, my tattoo on this arm is a it's a uh, phoenix, which, um, quick story, when I was practicing law, um, Right out of law school, I think I was. I was sitting in a job that I did not like, and I was staring at a computer screen, and it was like 2, 2 p.m., and my boss was gone, and I was just like, this sucks. I'm going to get a tattoo. And I did, and that's why I got it, because I was bored at work after law school. Um, that said, I love this tattoo. I love all my tattoos. So um, good question. All right, let's talk about um, – yes, personal injury job, Adam. I, I don't – I just got a past I'd like to forget – um, let's talk about Alfred Payton. Can't not talk about Alfred Payton because if I'm going to sit here and I'm going to sing RJ Barrett's praises after a two for 11 night, you damn well better believe I'm going to sing Alfred Payton's praises after he went nine for 12, um, and scored 20 points. Um, how many assists did he end up with? He ended up with two assists. Okay. Look, he is a maddening player. He is a maddening player because you see games like this. And, yes, this game came against a version of, of Dennis Schroeder, and Dennis Schroeder is a bad defensive player to begin with, and he was hobbled tonight. So Alfred Payton, like, pretty much had carte blanche to do what he wanted. That said, 9 for 12 is 9 for 12, and you look at stuff like tonight, and you're like, my God, why is he so inefficient so much of the time? And, like, you know, the sad truth is that these efficient scoring games from him come – once every five to 10 games. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, Alfred Payton has turned it around again. It was a situation. Um, Manny Ortiz asks how much to get an elf tattoo, not enough gold in Fort Knox, baby. Um, I think my wife would probably divorce me if I got an Alfred Payton tattoo on my, on my person, but uh, Alfred Payton was great. And like, yeah, he, he, he's always, and I, I'm sorry. I couldn't help but laugh. And you've heard me talk about this again and again and again. The, the the concept – I can't say it was a straight face. The concept that he is playing for his defense, that he's playing for his defense, and then you watch a play like he had in the second quarter when he's not ball watching, he's screen watching. <laughs> Shout out to, to uh, um, the halftime uh, chat for KFS. Someone brought that up. Um, like – the guy has the ball right in front of him and Dennis Schroeder and he's looking somewhere else and Dennis Schroeder's like, Oh, you're not going to look at me. I'm just going to drive to, you know, and Alfred Payton does shit like that every game. And it just drives you like crazy. Um, I have no idea what he was looking at. <laughs> I it's like, you can't write this shit, but listen, Alfred Payton had a really great game. Um, so, and look, and say, say this, I don't know if they win that game without Alfred Payton. 
you know, I really don't. And, and look, shout out to Derek Rose. Derek Rose had a nice game too. Um, oh God, Michael, I have to answer that question. Don't I? I'm going to save it for a sec, but um, Derek Rose was five for nine. And here's the other thing about Derek Rose. He only played 20 minutes and we've seen Derek Rose tire out in the second halves of these games. He didn't have to tire out today because he, he only had to see the floor for 20 minutes because Alfred Payton picked up the slack. So, um, you know, really good game. Um, anybody else like, you know, quickly still, it looks like a little bit of that slump. Um, Burke's only hit the one shot. Um, you know, he, he's been slumping too. say this for the Knicks. They have three wins in a row and, and quickly and Burks have been both slumping, um, quickly had the one good game against Memphis. But other than that, like, and they've needed those guys off the bench. They've absolutely needed those guys off the bench. So, um, yeah, anyway. Okay, so now Andrew's chiming in, speaking of divorce tattoos. So shout out to Michael Aaron in the super chat. I don't know if my wife is still up in the in the living room. I think she went up to bed because she, she had a tough time putting our older one to bed tonight. Um, so no elf tattoo. How much for a Jamie Lynn Spears tattoo? So I, I'm going to take more questions, but just a very quick story. We here in the Macri household, are huge, massive, gigantic supporters of the entire Spears family. Um, we, when my when my uh, wife gave birth the first time for her, uh, I wanted to do something nice because you know it's tough when you first have your first kid. I we I got us tickets to Vegas. Um, kid was four months old. Left her left her with my mom, and uh, flew us to Vegas. We spent one night in Vegas and to watch Britney Spears perform. And it was fantastic. And because um, my wife is a bigger Britney Spears fan um, than anyone. And so we watched the documentary, you know, Free Britney, hashtag Free Britney. We're all about it here. So I think actually if I were to get a Jamie Lynn Spears tattoo, I think my, my wife would would really respect that. And, um, you know, and that's why we are we are a happily uh, married couple. Anyway, Delsky, hypothetical. We get Trent Jr. and Brogdon this offseason. Oh, my God. You want to get Trent Jr. and Brogdon. Would we be as good as far as cap space goes to sign a superstar next offseason? Um, no, um, because Brogdon's making uh, 20-plus million. Um, Gary Trent Jr. will make, I don't know, is he going to make 16, 17? He's going to 15, 16, 17, something in that range. So you're you're at thirty six or change thirty six and change. Um, you're gonna have um, R.J. Barrett's not gonna come cheap the fourth year of his rookie deal, um, and then you're gonna have Julius Randle to deal with, and you're gonna have to extend Julius Randle if you want to keep him. Um, if you let Julius Randle walk for nothing, um, if you let Julius Randle walk for nothing, then you would have max cap space. Or if you did like a sign and trade or something for a, a superstar player. So, yes, I guess you could. But um, I don't know that that is – I don't know that, that that's the wisest expenditure of assets. I like Brogdon, though. I, I kicked the tires on Brogdon. I don't know what it's going to cost to get Brogdon here. But I, I like Malcolm Brogdon as a player. Worth his contract. Um, Slacker Hero with a question in the Super Chat. Macri, what do you think the market is for players like Nerlens, Burks, and Reggie will look like next season? Great question. Um, really good question. I think 
I think Nerlens Noel has earned himself a two-year contract. Two for two for maybe two for fifteen. Um, I don't think he's getting the full mid-level. I don't think he's earned that. Um, Alec Burks, I see the ceiling for his contract being three years, pr- pretty much the full mid-level. Um, I think Alec Burks, well, then again, he's been slumping of late. We have to see where his percentages end up at the end of the year. He's been so hot for most of the season. Um, you know, I, I think he, he's in that range though, or maybe like a, a, a two for two for 20, something like that. Two for 22, something along those lines, but that's above the full mid level. So, um, and then Burks, um, or sorry, uh, Bullock. I like Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock is the definition of a three and D wing. And it's funny because he, he gets slept on and nobody's talking about him in the league, even though his three point percentage is up to whatever it is. I just looked at his numbers today above the break threes. Reggie Bullock's hitting 41% on above the break threes on decent volume. He's taken 170 of those suckers uh, and cleaning the glass. That's the number they had this season. And he's hitting over 40%. Like, Again, I've said it before, you'd like to be able to upgrade that spot in terms of just getting a starting shooting guard who could do a little bit more. But, I, I you know, so, someone should sign Reggie Bullock to, to like three for 20. But I bet you he gets less than that. I bet you he gets something like five, six million a year. That's my guess. Um, Mark Fischel, Lonzo or Larry? Just coming right out with it, Mark. Coming out with the hard-hitting questions. Ah. Lonzo or Lowry? I put Lonzo at the top of my my free agent like target list because he's young. But man, if you put Kyle Lowry on this team next year, if you put Kyle Lowry on this team next year, and he's still for the most part Kyle Lowry, um, and you get RJ a little bit better, and you maybe get one other guy like. A shooting. Hey, how about this? How about both? <laughs> I mean, that's, I know that's a little crazy, but like the reason I say that is like, I was just about to say, get a starting shooting guard who can put the ball on the floor a little bit, you know, not shot creator necessarily, but like a really deadly three point shooter and maybe could put the ball on the floor a little bit. Um, and you, you throw, you know, add Lowry, RJ, Randall, and then whoever your center is, man, that's, that's a little squad right there. So I don't know. It's tough. Um, it also depends on what you're getting Lonzo for. It depends on what you're getting Lonzo for. So I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Lowry's going to want two for fifty. But again, I've said I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy to pay Lowry two for fifty. What I, what I don't know how happy I'm going to be to do is to give up a first round pick for a sign and trade for Lonzo Ball just to pay that dude twenty million dollars a year. That's, that's, I don't know about that one. Jonas, uh, someone shouted out Jonas in the, in the chat here. Lonzo's a player who gets you to the finish line. Lowry carries you over. That's, that is a really good thought. Here's the thing though. I don't like, I look, I, I'm, I'm, I love everything Julius Randle's doing. I love everything RJ Barrett's doing. I love coach Thibodeau. I love all things New York Knicks, right? A core of Lowry, a core of Lowry, RJ and Randall 
you're like, boy, it like that's you, there's a ceiling I think on what they could do. But then again, just because you sign a Kyle Lowry in the offseason, that doesn't necessarily mean like, okay, this is our team. Because there's always signing trades. There's always superstars looking to push their way out. It happens every year. You never know who it's going to be next. Um, the Knicks, if they sign, here's the best part. Here's the best part. If the Knicks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sign Kyle Lowry, right? Even if you gave him something like two for 50 million, right? You would still have all your first round picks moving forward. You would still have young players on the roster, Obi Top and Emmanuel Quickly, whoever you're going to draft this year, if you use both all those picks. You can still make a move. And I think they would still have the cap space to do it, to add a star to this core. And you want to give me Kyle Lowry, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, and another big name? Now. Now we could fuck around and we could have some fun here in uh, in New York. So, yeah, I think that might be it. I think that might that maybe Lowry's the answer. I guess maybe Lowry's the answer. Don Cappuccini with another uh, comment, super chat. Thank you so much, Don. You're always coming in here and, and contributing to the cause. We appreciate you. Knowing how far this team has come, I too would be okay with a play-in appearance with no blowouts. I sense this team has their eyes on the bigger prize. Yeah, they have their eyes on the bigger prize. Absolutely. They have their eyes on a top six seed. And, hey, um, live looking, uh, live looking at the at the current standings. So right now, as we sit here today, Monday, April, I don't even know what it was, April 12th. Um, that sucks. My paternity leave ends in two days. Uh, at 1030 at night, um, the Knicks are – they're still in eighth place in the East. But they are a half a game back of both sixth and seventh because Charlotte and Boston are in a tie for uh, sixth place. And then Miami is just a game ahead of the Knicks. And Atlanta is just a game and a half ahead of the Knicks. And I think – are they going to have the tiebreaker against the Hawks? I think they're going to have the tiebreaker against the Hawks because they've beaten the Hawks twice this year. They obviously are not going to have the tiebreaker against Miami. They have to still play Charlotte a couple times, I believe. I think they only played Charlotte the one time. Um, and the the tiebreaker against Boston is undecided. So, yeah, they could screw around and, and get a, a top six seed. I don't think that's crazy at all. I think after these three games, they are absolutely, they need to be in the conversation for a top six seed moving forward. because. Again, like who really? I'm gonna get to. Uh, there's another comment in the super chat here. 
uh, from Christian Finnegan. I'm going to get to it in one second. But I just want to quickly bring up the Knicks schedule because we, we've talked again and again and again about how hard this Knicks schedule is over the second half of the season. Yes, it's hard because other than that Houston game, in which in Houston, by the way, you know, never, never a gimme. Um, Houston just beat Dallas the other night. Like, there's no gimme games. But at the same time, which of these games can, are the Knicks going to walk into and not have a chance? Let's go through it real quick. At New Orleans, at Dallas, Knicks are going to have a chance in both of those games. Six-game homestand. Um, New Orleans at home. Hornets at home. Um, won't have Gordon Hayward. I don't think they're not going to They're not gonna have Lamella Ball either. They have a negative three-point-something net rating since Hayward went down with no ball. So um, Atlanta at home. Toronto at home. Phoenix at home. Tough one, but it's at home. And then Chicago at home. And then there's the West Coast trip. So at Houston, at Memphis, and then here are the games. Here are the games that you can't win, uh, or you're probably not going to win. At Denver, at Phoenix, at the Clippers, at the Lakers, and then home for Spurs, uh, Hornets, Boston. But even those, the Lakers and those, the Clipper, Laker, even the Phoenix game, hell, even the Denver game, we don't know how much those teams are going to need those games. So you want to tell me the Knicks have four games over the course of the rest of their schedule where they're really probably not going to be able to win? That's fine. But, like, I would push back and say maybe it's only three. Maybe it's only two. We don't know. Um, I'm going to – oh, thank you, Andrew, for – did I miss this one? Um, Brooklyn Reptiles, would you trade Randall to get a top three pick? I, I don't know if this is going to make me unpopular, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christian Finnegan, assuming the Knicks Mavs picks fall between 15 and 20, what's the most realistic package to get the Knicks into the top 10 and who should they target? I think 15 and 20 get you to get you to 10. Maybe it gets you to nine. Maybe it gets you to 10. Maybe it gets you to eight. It does not get you into the top five. I think it probably gets you into the top 10. Maybe you need to throw in the second round or two. I I don't it – de it depends on – where the Knicks pick ends up because like, or, and where the Mavs pick ends up because like 16 and 21 probably doesn't get you into the top 10, 14 and 20 or 14 and 19. Maybe that gets you into the top 10. Um, so it's going to depend, but again, that's what the nice thing is. They have that Pistons pick in their back pocket, um, which is great. Uh, Josh Arison. Thank you for your contribution to the Super Chat. We appreciate you um, very much, really. All you guys, everybody coming in here and just, the, like, whether you're commenting or whether you're just contributing, um, I, I we, we we appreciate it. And uh, we, we, I, we Andrew works his ass off. So, really, um, it, it, it's going to a, a worthy cause. I promise you that. Um, I think Chris Percy Einan. Chris Persiani, it's past your bedtime, sir. Um, what does 15, 20, 32, and Knox get you? Um, it gets you a team on the other line saying, are we sure we want to pay Kevin Knox's salary next year? Because guess what? We were just – I was just in here – I mean, I'm being like not even really facetious because I just got done talking about what Alec Burks and Reggie Bullock are going to get next year. Those guys are like legit rotation players on good teams. Right. And we're talking about them getting, you know, 
six million dollars, seven million dollars, eight million dollars, right? Kevin Knox next year, I'm pulling it up right now. I think he makes six million. Five point eight. Five point eight. For a guy who it's gonna probably wind up being the case that we're gonna get to the end of this year. And like there's not going to be any evidence that this dude is 100% an NBA player. So I'm not sure that makes the difference. Good question from you though, Chris. Um, I missed another one. Thank you, uh, Andrew. Shotgun. Trent or Levine, who would you pick and who's easier to get? Zach Levine, um, seven days a week. Um, or every day of the week and, and twice on Sunday. Um, Zach Levine is putting up one of the historic scoring efficiency seasons literally in the history of the league. Um, there's like, I don't, you know, depending on what metrics you use, there's like five or 10 guys who have ever put up the points that he's putting up with the efficiency on the efficiencies putting up with the three point shooting and like a little bit of assists and the whole thing. Um, so I'd rather have Levine Levine at this point, his value is, Oh God, like, I don't even, I don't even know what you would have to call up and offer Chicago. You'd have to call, call them up and offer them quickly. Both first this year the 23 Dallas first and like another unprotected Knicks first round pick. Um, and I don't even know if they say yes, because they're, they're in for a penny in for a pound with this Vooch trade. So like, you're not getting Levine. I think, so I think Trent's easier to get, um, which again, I don't want to, I don't want to pay him. I don't want to, I don't want to like make a sign and trade where I have to give up a real thing in the, in, in a sign and trade and, and then pay the guy. Um, Okay, I think I got everything. Um, thank you, Andrew, for for catching me up on the super chat the comments that I have missed. Um, yeah, they're not going to get rid of Trent. Trent's like again, they wouldn't. Here's the thing: the Raptors wouldn't have traded Norm Powell for Trent if they were just if they were not going to bring him back. Read Chris's comment. Okay, Chris, the fact that I, you or me even up at this time to be taking digs like that is out of character to start. How are you talking about bedtimes? When you're asleep in your rocking chair by five every day, man, just the lack of appreciation from the, from the youth of this country towards their elders is, um, is unsettling. Um, should I, I guess I'll let everybody in on. So I, I texted Andrew, what time did I text you? Um, with my shitty little beer of the month. Okay, now you could just fuck all the way off because you're making fun of my beer of the month, which is not cool. Um, I texted Andrew. Um, he's going to need a timeout. Um, I texted Andrew at 425 with my wife's phone number telling him to text me if anything big happened with the Knicks over the next hour because I was going to take a nap. So um, you missed it by a half an hour, Chris. I actually took my nap today at 4.30, not 5 o'clock. So you could go uh, fuck all the way off. Anyway, Stanley Mann with a comment. They're trading Kevin Knox in Detroit's pick for Malik Monk. Um, I don't 
I mean, I like Malik Monk. Um, I kind of would rather hold on to Kevin Knox and just see, like, I don't want this is the thing. Kevin Knox's trade value is nothing right now. He has no trade value, essentially. So I'd rather just kind of hang on to him. Um, Jonas Plout, couldn't some of our players take a discount for the sake of settling down and losing the journeyman title? Man, that would be wonderful. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's an honor usually bestowed upon um, contending teams or teams that are like defending champions or in the running for a championship, something like that. And like, yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe like not require an overpayment. See, that was my favorite part about this offseason from Leon Rose is like they got good players, but they didn't overpay for them. They didn't have to pay $10 million a year for Taj Gibson. They didn't have to pay $8 million for Alfred Payton. They didn't have to pay fucking $15 million for Bobby Portis. My God. Just saying those words out loud. Um, and we and we have people out there defending uh, Scott Perry. Um, okay, I'm going to take a few more. I still have to write a newsletter tonight. So uh, a couple more and then we get out of here. Um, Ara A. What's up, Ara? Thanks for all the hard work. TTT. Oh, well, thank you so much, Ara. That means a lot. Um, would you draft Garza with the Detroit pick? Um, I... Am not no. Um, I think like look, Garza is a was a special, special college player. From what I've seen of like the scouting reports on him, he's gonna just kind of be a limited backup big in the NBA. I'd rather use that pick on a guy who could really pan out. I'm I'm big with like to me if you're if you're talking about safe picks, make a safe pick like Desmond Bain. Like Desmond Bain is a is a safe pick that I could get behind because Des Bain was taken whatever he was at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, and that dude is going to be a, can play twenty five minutes a night for any team in the league and help you in a real cognizable way. Don't dra- don't spend a, a a decent pick on like a safe backup big, you know, um, and that's what I think you know Garza is, and I you know Garza's a guy who you're probably not going to be able to play against certain teams because I'm assuming he's going to be pretty limited defensively. Um, R- Macri, you're getting the Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Thank- oh man, yeah, I love Rodney Dangerfield, man. Um, draft Trey Man, he's a sleeper from Fan ninety four. Nick, um, you know who loves him some Trey Man is Spencer Perlman. Um, he has, I think he has Trey Mann in his, in his top 10 for this draft. And I trust Spencer over fucking everybody. So yeah, shout out to Trey Mann. Last question. Uh, this comes courtesy of, uh, my friend, uh, Andrew Claudio via text. If you read it, I have read it. Any thoughts on the article about Drew Hanlon and how Fisdale and co didn't let RJ use the shooting form they worked on after his draft summer? You know, Andrew, you know what you're doing here. You know what you're doing here. I'm in I'm in a good mood. All positives tonight. I haven't fucking lost my shit. And now you're gonna ask me a fucking question about David Fisdale. And the people that were in charge of running this organization that summer and hiring that coaching staff. And and I shouldn't say coaching staff because there were some phenomenal coaches phenomenal coaches on that staff. Um, 
Caleb Canales, phenomenal coach. Um, Sully, great coach. Um, but Fizdale and Keith Smart, for them to have the fucking goal. Mike Miller, thank you, Stevens. I forgot about Mike Miller. Um, for them to have the goal to take a kid like that, because here's the thing, right? R.J. Barrett's not your typical third, 20-year-old third pick in the draft. That is a kid who has a support system around him in his father, his mother, his whole family. His father came to, was at every game last season, at pretty much every game. Like, the ultimate support system. That family knew what the fuck they were doing. From the age of 13, they knew what they were doing with R.J. Barrett. And when R.J. Barrett went out and um, sought out the help of Drew Hanlon to like, okay, I know I need to work on this. Let's get started now. And for him to come in and for those ass clowns to be like, no, you need to change it. This isn't how we want you to do it. We like do what in fuck's glory are you talking about change your shooting form? Like, come on. It's, it, it was infuriating to me. It was infuriating to me on so many levels. It was infuriating to me that like, it was probably about some kind of a pissing match for them about how like, well, we're the coaches like Drew Hanlon's not your coach. That's infuriating. It's infuriating that the people who were running this team at that time will allowed that to happen and empowered those coaches to to say that and make that call. You know, which is I'm not I'm not gonna go on a, a, a rant about the front, but like just utterly ridiculous. And 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 coming off the fucking Porzingis thing, by the way, and look, Porzingis, for all of his faults, and God knows he has all the faults in the world, this organization pissed all over that relationship. And Porzingis pissed on the relationship, too. Everybody pissed on the relationship. The relationship was fraught from early on, from Phil. And I get that. But you had a young star here, and it, it, it withered away. It did not go the way you wanted it to go. And for you to then draft this kid third, and to piss on that relationship before he ever plays a goddamn game for you. What are you doing? What are you doing? So, you know, I, you were a, a great press conference, Fizz. Um, you know, I, and I sung your praises for a long time, but fuck all the way off, man. Because that was just, that's not cool that you did that. And that really pissed me off reading that article today. And I'm just happy that we have a coaching staff now um, that is secure enough in the, themselves and their own ability to coach this team and have a, gra a grip on what they're doing and leading this, this, this franchise, quite frankly, that they don't have to get into a pissing match with Drew Hanley about RJ's shot. And they embraced it. And the front office, by the way, has a clue and, and knows that like every player has their trainer that they go to for help every summer. And they embrace it because Leon Rose has a brain. He's been around the block a few times. Anyway, so um, sorry about that. That I just, yeah, that that did piss me off. Um, I don't. Are there any other questions? I, I think um, good should have should have been KPRJ and Randall. Hey, listen, coulda woulda shoulda. 
Um, Don Cappuccini with one more comment in the in the super chat here. Does it still surprise you how well the defense um, has held up uh, without Mitch after his first injury? You seemed unsure that they would remain as dominant, top five dominant. Yeah, I mean, I'm still surprised. I, I am surprised um, because Mitch. Teams shoot the the data is there. Teams shoot a lot worse at the rim when Mitch is in there. That has been true for uh, the first two years, and it, it was true for this year when he was on the court. And I looked up the numbers today. Their rim protection in terms of the percentages that teams shoot when they get to the rim, even since Mitch has been out, have made, have been outstanding. And, you know, Tibbs has a lot of a lot of isms and, and things and catchphrases and shit that, that he's, he likes to say. But when he talks about defense – being a team effort, and it's like you, you have to defend as a team, this is what he means. Because Nerland's Noel, for all of his shot-blocking prowess, and like Taj, we love Taj, they are not the rim protector that Mitch is. So the fact that they have come together as a team and maintained that defense um, around the rim um, and, and just they're playing the pick-and-rolls really well. It's not perfect, but they're playing the pick-and-rolls really well. So, yeah, complete, I'm very surprised in a good way. And uh, last one. Andrew was texting me, answer Godzilla versus Kong for fun to end it. Is there is there a um is there a specific question about Godzilla versus Kong or you just want me to answer like which who's my guy? Um cuz I'm a uh, so for anybody who doesn't know, I'm a Godzilla guy. I've been a Godzilla guy since I was a little kid. I quite frankly don't understand people who are Kong people. Um Kong is just, he's he's just he's a big monkey. There's nothing special about King Kong. He's just a big monkey. Um, and he, you know, he's a very it was cool that he that he that he talked to the little girl in this movie. Um, for anybody who hasn't seen the movie, I strongly recommend the movie. Um, I like I like Kong's uh, he he doesn't he didn't like he tried very hard not to like injure people in this movie. That's cool also. But come on, man, it's Godzilla. It's Godzilla all the way. Godzilla is the most badass the most badass monster of all time. He will always be the most badass monster of all time. And um, yeah, man, he has radioactive, you know, fire breath. Like what's cooler than that? Um, Adam, uh, Adam two YB asks, are you a star Wars guy? I like star Wars. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a star Wars guy. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> God. Uh, Kong is LeBron. Godzilla is the 2017 warriors. Good, good comment, Andrew. Um, good movie though. Everybody go see the movie or, or watch the movie at home. If you want, I watched it at home. It was good. It was a good watch at home. Um, I think I'm actually going to put on the, I started rewatching it the other day while I was watching, writing a newsletter. I think I'm going to rewatch the rest of it right now while I, while I write this newsletter. Um, okay. This is the last one. Oh my God. I have to answer both of these. Adam asks, Britney Spears or Godzilla? Delore. What? What do you think my answer is? I think my wife just threatened me. Um, Britney Spears or Godzilla? I, again, nobody needs to know your answer. We know your answer. That's a tough one. I'm going to have to think. I'm going to sleep on that. Um, and then one other one. If Bullock is chicken cutlet, then who is pizza and sushi? Um 
pizza is RJ Barrett, uh, and sushi is uh, Emmanuel Quickly. Let's give Emmanuel Quickly sushi. Um, Cause you all, it's like even when it's not good, it's it, actually no. Emmanuel quickly is pizza. Cause even when it's not good, it's helpful and good and wonderful. Um, R.J. Barrett is sushi. I'm gonna switch those two quickly. Sushi. No, sorry. Yeah, quickly pizza. R.J. Sushi. Okay, that's it. I gotta go write a newsletter. This has been fun. We've gone so far off the rails. I don't even know where the rails are anymore. Um, uh, but I, I am happy to end on a happy note. And um. Yeah, everybody come back. Uh, join us again for another one of these bad boys on Wednesday. Uh, don't forget to check out the Knicks Film School uh, merch store um, where you can get, you know, like a sweatshirt like this. You can get like a sticker or a mug or a uh, T-shirt or uh, I don't know, like pillows and shit on there. Um, and, and we're going to do even more good stuff with that store moving forward. We're going to get some cool merch. We're, we're really hoping to do something with this. And um you know, it's uh, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool to see people wearing KFS and and uh, liking that, and uh, it, it it warms our hearts. And uh, what else? Rate, review, subscribe, five stars, thumbs up. I don't know all of all of the things. And uh, hey, we won three in a row. We're game over five hundred. It's the last quarter of the season. Uh, this is a good one. And uh, thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. All right, peace out.